Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the E on this podcast. It stands for explicit. That means that I will be using words and singing phrases or probably talking about topics you don't want your kids to hear. Being that said, fair warning, let's get started. Welcome back to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr. This is the bonus episode part three of speaking with me on my interview with Miss Erica. Um, I hope that I haven't lost you yet. I hope that <laughs> you got a lot of information about me. Um, I don't want to take away from this episode anymore, so I will let you finish and we'll wrap up at the end, okay? See you on the other side. I have Fun so bag of- <laughs> I'm telling you, lots of trauma. This is why I'm in so much therapy. Um, anyways, so that definitely ended badly. I went on a lot of bad dates. Oh. A lot of bad dates after dating her. And some men, some women. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bad dates. Ooh, oh, God. So many bad, bad dates. A lot, a lot of bad dates. and um my theory because think about it i was 16 when i met my ex-husband so text messages were still like 50 cents a piece yeah Yeah. right you still only had like snake on Mm -hmm. there or like pong on your phone like that was this and like people were still getting like skins for their phone yeah okay flashy ones like i used to have yeah oh i had a wood grain one yeah it was a flip phone He was fancy. It was a Nokia fucking flip phone, bitch. Oh, you were fancy. And it had wood grain on it because I had a job and it was $6. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, I decided to start going on dates. Yeah. On a whole another podcast, I'll probably episode, I'll tell you about some bad dates, okay. whatever. But, um, oh, God. So I didn't understand dating. I mean, you were right. young, right? Jumped into a serious relationship, right? Because all I was having was like yeah. fuck arounds. Yeah. So the maturity level for relationships was just not there. You hadn't built no. it yet. Yeah. No, I didn't understand it. Yeah. And I knew that you call me. Mm-hmm. What's this fucking texting? <laughs> like, why are you texting me? No, yeah. if you want to ask me out, then you can fucking call me. Right? That's how I went about it. At this point, now I'm working only at. The chiropractor. Brandon comes in. I meet Brandon. And instantly, the thirst was real for me. Wow. Was He's, he your type? Was he no. even, like, remotely no. what your, your no. history was with? No. Okay. Nothing. So what was it? Um, I could tell he was a bad boy. Ah. Uh. And he didn't talk to me. But then he started talking to me. And then he told me to watch Sons of Anarchy, watched three episodes, found out that that shit was racist because I looked the N-word like 15 times. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. But it's like one of my favorite series. Like, you know, like, I didn't know what I was watching. Yeah. And I didn't understand biker mentality because I had never been around bikers. And so I was like, did he really just tell a black person to watch this shit? Like, the fuck? right. So then I was like, oh, that's the reason why he doesn't like me because he's a fucking racist. And he's telling me through this show. Yes. Mm. That. That's deep. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And so then I, like, iced him. Started fucking around with another bitch. Mm-hmm. And when I say bitch, I mean a female. Yeah. I went really back and forth between men and female a lot. Like, I really didn't care. You cute? You, okay, let's go. Um, I was a slut. Damn. Mm. But I had so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, God, no. Like, I learned so much. And then, like, right before I met Brandon, um, they had Dallas Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went and did that, and that was my first time doing Pride. I saw, like, three of my ex-girlfriends there. That was exciting because there's, like, 70,000 people out there. And I just so happened to run on, like, the three out of five people I know in the whole fucking state I run into. Of course, that's how it's supposed to happen, though. And, I mean, yeah, and I fucked all of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know you were drinking water. It's okay. <laughs> I got it down before. <laughs> sorry, I got her in the no. middle of a set. Uh-uh. Yeah, so, right. yeah. So, I ended up getting with him, and he wouldn't ask me out, so I gave him my business card, and I said, hey, you're taking me out on a date, and you're going to take me out on your bike. And he goes, really? And I was like, yeah. I mean, a lot. I'm cliff noting it here, but yeah. He goes, then he texts me, which I was like, ew, because I don't date with text messages. You call me, bitch. And he was like, before I take you out on my bike, I have to take you out, out because I need to make sure you're not crazy. Fair enough. Which I didn't know that there was like, I didn't know, like, biker life. So, I didn't know, like, I took offense to it. Like, bitch, you're calling me fucking crazy now? But, no, like. There's sanctity in letting someone ride on your bike. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I really need to make sure that you're clinically sane before you get on the back of my Mm -hmm. motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, And there was a lot of red flags with him. Hmm. That. um, I was bringing and putting um, on him. So our first date, or our first date, we had a great first date, but he sat on the same side of the table as me, which in previous relationships, excuse me, <laughs> the previous relationships were to control me. So I saw that as controlling. And I said I was never going to let another man treat me like that again. Yeah. Um. But I blamed it as, I'm a server, and it's annoying to have to look at the table like that. Because you're you're used to looking, oh, hi, tonight we're going before. to be having, but it's like, hi, it's, it's awkward. It is, and I'm going to stop sitting on the same side of the table if you're a couple. Like, your servers so fucking hate like it. Y'all like no, don't like that? It is the most annoyingest thing ever. Really? Yes. It's well, so fucking annoying. People, now you know. Now stop you know. sitting on the same side. Yes. Um, but... I, it happened to me personally, trauma for other reasons. reasons. And so he did that and we went to a movie and I thought it was a comedy and it turned out to be a mob movie. And I was like, okay. And I smoked cigarettes at the time Mm -hmm. and I threw my cigarette out his window, blew back in the car, set his, his car started smoking. It was a worst first date. I was this bad worst date the first time. And then he was like, so I'm going to come and pick you up tomorrow. And I was okay. like, uh, no, today is Saturday. Tomorrow's Sunday. Mommy's going to go get drunky. And I'm not waking up until like one. I'm going to go watch a movie with my roommate and mm-hmm. we're going to be done. I'm going to try to finish a whole bottle of whiskey 
if I'm feeling it. Bro, just let it all out. Let him know who oh, you are I told at the him, beginning. Yes. And he is like. No representative there. No, he didn't have it. He was like, <laughs> so I'm going to call you when I leave my house. Oh, wow. And then I'm going to stop and call you when I'm 20 minutes out so you can get ready. And I kind of like that. Okay, daddy, what's up? Put me in my place. <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah, just call me before you leave the house. I can tell you if it's happening or not. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be here at 11, so you need to be ready. And I was like, mm. I'm still, like, telling him no, but not no, no. Just like, I don't know. Right, because I had somebody, and he sat on the same t- side of the table. Yeah. Like, but she's like, no, no. Yeah. And... Me and, my, me and my roommate get shit-faced, right? Like I said, I'm literally sleeping in the couch. And when I say ass up, face down, that's how fucked up I was. Damn. That, and the people are like, where are your fucking kid? My son would go back and forth between me and his father. Okay. So this I always planned crazy time. When he wasn't there. No. Um, so Brandon calls me. He's like, hey, I'm on my way. And I'm like, what? Oh my god, so fucked up. Like, All right, for real, for real about this. and I was like, you know, like I'll just wake up and meet you there later. And he was like, No, I'm on my way. And I'm like, Okay, fine. Then he calls me again. Are you up? Well, Are you he moving? Said he would. Yes. And I was like, Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna get dressed. So I'm thinking, cute biker. I put on some booty shorts, a nice little tank top, I curled my hair, and got me some cute shoes on. And he's like, No, you can't wear that. Oh. Now, trauma in with Christine, that was a lot. Control, almost, yeah. And then he had to, like, literally be like, no, like, it's unsafe for you to be on my bike. What though? Like, you got to put on jeans. You got to put on a jacket or some kind of long sleeves. You need to braid your hair. And I was like, this motherfucker really going to try to tell me what I can do? I'm trying to be cute. Right. And I told myself I was never going to get in a relationship like that again. And now I have all this knowledge because I'm reading yeah. constantly about myself and about controlling behaviors. So I'm trying to distinguish, is this controlling? Hmm. You know? And so it wasn't. He was really trying. And then I'm. I, he let me do it one time. One time only. Not only did I burn the shit out of my leg because okay. I touched the tailpipe without – because I, I wanted to wear shorts. Um – the rocks and the bugs, ew. It was so bad. And I never did it again. And I don't ever get on bikes anymore. But that was that was the story on him. And, and we ended up moving in together. And we found out we found each other. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that's how me. That's I know, this is such a long story. It's, everyone has a story. It's not meant right. to be, you know, <laughs> talked about in a minute or an hour. Like, it's life, girl. Yeah. I'm trying to pack probably 20, maybe something years. 30 years. 30 years. years. Well, I'm talking like adulthood. Uh, okay. This portion. Yeah. Um, okay. So how long from the time you met Brandon to the time y'all moved in? <laughs> <laughs> um, two months. Okay. okay. And it was a hush-hush thing. Um, at this time, my parents still didn't know that I was in Texas. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he was up until then, all the dates and everything had not gone any deeper than just that. So he at that time had been the newest, somewhat long term relationship you were entering into. Yes. Okay. But we spent every day together. 
That makes a huge difference. Right. So, like, even though it wasn't a Friday, Saturday date, Mm -hmm. we were seeing each other on Monday, Tuesday. And let me, let me see this. Uh, I keep saying, let me say this. I hate when I say that. Um, His job and my job were right next door to each other. And Uh he came in for chiropractic. And I was working at the place that he got chiropractic done. So I saw him all the time. And when we would take smoke breaks, we would take smoke breaks together. And if I didn't have a massage or we didn't have any clients or uh, patients that day, then I would go to next door and chill with him. And so, and then I started spending more time with him than I did. I moved out and got my own apartment. But then he was like, you're here like 27 days out of 30. Mm-hmm. Why are you still paying for your apartment? Use your money for daycare. And so I was reluctant because. As I, anyone would be. Right. But I'm like, this dude's still trying to control me. Mm. And then Tyler, I, me and Tyler were, that was my buddy. He saved my life. Like. Once I moved to Texas, I was like, I'm never going to put myself in those situations that I was putting myself in. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be that person that I was before. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped doing all those things. And I, I was living for him at that point. Yeah. And he would sleep with me. He slept with me all the time. And at this point, he was two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have been three at this time. Um, and he slept with me and Brandon. And, of course, I was in the middle because yeah, I'm protecting, you know. Mom what, bear. Right. And Tyler peed the bed. Oh. And Brandon goes, nope. And, like, that weekend bought him a whole bedroom set, a new bed, and was like, now he has a room. Like, he don't need to be sleeping with us anymore. We need to break him for this. And I found that as controlling. And then he tried to give me a drawer. We always talk about it. Yeah. Like, he gave me a, yes, he gave me a drawer in his dresser. And I would not put anything in it. Or I would put everything in it. While I was at his house. And then I would take everything out. That's that running mentality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I was just like. And it's funny. Because he said he would never date anybody with a kid. And I said I would never date anybody with a dog. And he had it to be. Yes. (laughs) But. And then he would like show up places. Like. He was like. What are you doing? I'm like. I'm going to go see a movie. And then he would like show up at the place that I was having a movie. And that was kind of stalkerish. But. I had to talk to him about it. Hmm. Like, I'm, you're clingy. And I don't know if this is because, and it really wasn't clingy. It's because I had gone through stuff. And now this guy is, like, giving my kid a bedroom and trying to ask me to move in. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? And this is, like, three weeks into our relationship. Four weeks, five weeks, six weeks into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And finally, like, I was like, okay. We got to the point where I felt comfortable that he wasn't that person. And then that's when I decided to move in. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he really, uh, he really made a big impact on you. Yeah. For the new you that you were becoming, you know, the new life that you were trying to, to live. Yeah, because he was a homebody. Oh. He didn't go out. He didn't, sh- he, you know, like, and I felt Which so bad for him. opposite, I'm sure, from oh, yeah. life in Kansas and your oh, ex-husband. Right. Because, like, I wanted to do all the drugs. Mm-hmm. I never did heroin. I never did, um, what is that other one? The Meth. Which is kind of crazy because I'm from Oklahoma and it's like meth capital. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Like, <laughs> to meet somebody from Oklahoma that's like, no, I've never done meth. It's like, eh, you're Did you really live there? Yeah. <laughs> Did you really live there? <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma's known for meth. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. 
but I, I never did any hardcore drugs. The hardest chorus drug, I guess, would be the way to say it, would be um, Coke. Okay. But I liked Coke for what energy it gave me, not because I liked the high. and the step yeah. that it gave you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've now met Brandon. You're now on this journey to kind of the the new you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, help us connect that and now this new journey that you're on. Um, Did you want to transition to that part? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, with the podcast, with the message that you're trying to convey, uh, the voice that you're trying to give yourself and other people. I'm going to backtrack a little bit farther than that. Okay. If you don't mind. Um, me and Brandon went through some really intense financial problems. Hmm. Um, I found out he had a gambling problem while we were engaged, like two or three weeks after I sent out my invitations. So people were already getting them in RSVP. Okay. And I found out he had a gambling problem. And um, that was hard. Because it was hard because I didn't understand it. Why? And he hid it from me. Trust. Right. Yeah. And um, we at this point, we had been together uh, almost five years. And he didn't feel like he could say something. We had a baby together. We had been living together. Our lives are together. You know, I gave everything up for him. At this point, I'm divorced. Let me say that too. Um, and he didn't feel like he could trust me to tell me. And so the... I had a good friend at that time that really supported me and she helped me and she said, Hey, don't be destructive, but you can be petty. (laughs) (laughs) And I got petty. Mm. I mean, lipstick on the mirror. So he knew that he was a fucking piece of shit and taking bank statements of when he lied to me, circling them and taping them all over the house. So he can see what, like that. I thought he was a piece of shit Mm. and she let me stay at her house and I needed her. And when I say stay at her house, it was just one night. But I needed her. And she was there for me. And she was the friend that I needed in that season. Okay. Um, we ended up going to therapy for it. And seeking counseling for it. And I thought things were better. But something inside of me knew that there was something still wrong. Um... We even went as far as getting a joint bank account, which I was totally against until I was legally married to someone. Um, About three, four weeks before the wedding, his dad ends up winning money at the casino. And his dad ends up moving in with us because he went through a divorce. Hmm. I learned a lot of lessons within a month before my wedding. One, trust my gut. And two, ask a lot more questions. I knew that there was more questions I should have asked, but I was having my bachelorette party. I was having my bridal party. I was trying to fit in this dress that I already fit into, but I have body issues. And so that happened. And I, yeah, your dad needs help. Let him move in. Now I would have done that totally differently. Yeah. Um, but it was a month before my wedding. Got all that done. He wants a jackpot and Brandon asked him for some money and he gave it to us. For the wedding 
for the rest of the deposit that we're supposed to go through. But it's something just still wasn't right. And I end up about, I want to say it was about two or three weeks. His dad was already living with us. So it had been like two weeks before the wedding and he still hadn't gotten the marriage license. Oh, that's a red flag. Or that yes. kind of like something's wrong. Right. And I already lost trust in him from the first time he was gambling, but we were working through it. And I couldn't understand because I'm not in a pretentious way. Brandon was making good money. Mm-hmm. There was no reason why we shouldn't have paid it because I was paying for all my own shit for the wedding and I was taking care of stuff with my own income. Yeah. So why couldn't you gotten this on your own when we had 18 months to pay for stuff? Um, so I told him, I said, I'm not signing a marriage license unless we get a prenup. And he didn't bat an eye towards it. And then that's when I knew something was up. Wow. And I learned from my first divorce that I needed to protect my assets, which was my credit, which was my business, which was my children, which was, and not in that order, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I knew I needed to protect myself and he didn't bat an eye and he was like, okay, well... Um, we'll talk about this later or something like that. I understand how you feel that way. And that was as far as it got. Um, I, I, I want, I didn't, I didn't want to to have the wedding when he first told me that that October before it was like nine months, eight months before the wedding. Um, once I found out and the reason why I found out is because he stayed at the casino and didn't come home. And I went apeshit, you know, um, so we end up having the wedding. We did not marry, sign a marriage certificate, and we still have not mar- signed a marriage certificate. I am not legally married to him. Till this day. Till this day. Um, not until I get up. So he agreed to it at that moment and mm-hmm. said, we'll kind of, we'll get back to this. Mm-hmm. Has it been brought up again? Um, not by him. By you. And, um, or- no, more like, was that prenup? <laughs> I see. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end up getting married. Everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. My wedding was beautiful. It was everything I fucking wanted. We get married about a couple of days later. I said we need to start looking at finances and we need to start working on this. Cause I knew that once like all of our money and attention was going to the wedding. So until yeah. that was over, I knew that it was going to be hard to look at other things. Absolutely. And he said, okay. And I said, all right. So I wrote down all my stuff, which was one credit card that maybe had $100. Hold on a second. Let me, let me backtrack, 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 okay. backtrack. Rewind. After we had my daughter, like a year, she was about a year old, we went on a financial journey to get debt free. And we did. Okay. So when he did the first, when I found out he was gambling at first and I found out how much debt he had, after our family had sacrificed and did all this stuff to get him out of debt because he was the one that had debt. I didn't have it. When I came into our relationship, mm-hmm. if you remember me saying like, you paid off your car. Yeah. I paid off you all. Didn't I didn't have any debt. Owed. No. Going into it. I paid my car insurance and a cell phone bill. Like that was it. And so we got him out of debt. He went back into debt for this gambling problem. And so I was already upset about that. 
And then when we sit down to look at our finances and to see how much debt he had, and then I found out that he was had personal loans and cash now loans, and he was borrowing from his employer or his boss, not his employer, his boss, and from his mom and from this person and this person. And I know this sounds very stereotype, but my husband is a biker. So in my head, I'm thinking, did you get this from an MC? Motorcycle club. Mm-hmm. Did you get this from an MC? Am I needing to be worried that we can't pay this back? What is the interest rate on this? Like, I have so many questions. And am, am me is am I and my children in danger? Yeah. And so he's giving me all this information, and I did not explode at that time. I said these are all numbers between him, his and I's income after the wedding has been done. We can handle this. I'm not happy with you. I understand that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought it was an addiction at that time. It's not an addiction. It was a problem. Okay. Um, but we can we can get through this. I was still I was still trying to get through it with him. Don't lie to me. Just tell me. And no, 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 no. This is it. I stopped gambling. This is all I have. And turn around. And I said, okay, he's going to go to bed. I'm looking for options on the internet because it's such, it's over a hundred grand. So I'm looking for options to figure out how we can get out of this situation. Um, And he, he goes, okay, I'm going to go to bed. At this point, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning because we've been going back and forth and trying to figure it out together. And he's like, I got to work in the morning. Mm -hmm. I got to go to bed. Fine. I needed to run a credit report to make sure there wasn't anything else on there. So I had his last four of his social, but I needed his email and to get access to his email so that I could pull it all up because I did mine. I did his, but mine's in my email. So I get his phone and I find emails and text messages from the casino. And I can find these text messages of the fact that he went three or four days before our wedding. Now at this point we got, Crazy, Christine. You want to know why they were doing the riots and the the protesting? Do you want to know how we got there? Christine Hmm. got to that point. Hmm. I got to that point. So I got a switchblade. (laughs) Your face. Like, Like, yeah. Like like the one where you flick it and the knife comes up. And I wake his ass up. And I said, don't lie to me. When was the last time you went to the casino? Now, Brandon's a very calculated. Brandon can remember it. And he goes, I don't know. So you knew that was why. Why? Well, I already had the proof on my on his yeah, fucking phone. Yeah. So I stabbed the fucking pillow as close as I could to his face, so he knew that I was not playing with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> then I asked him again. I said, I just want you to know. I already know the answer. I just want to see if your ass is gonna lie to me again. When was the last? Uh, um, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I stabbed the pillow again. Mm. So you know what, motherfucker? You ain't fucking worth it. So I went to his closet and I started stabbing all his clothes. Well, that took a lot of energy. So I was like, why stab it when you can burn it? So mm. I grabbed all of his shit as I was trying to pack it. And I was like, well, you're not going to need to pack it if I'm going to burn this shit. I didn't even know we had kerosene in the fucking house. Got kerosene, Girl. got a bucket, threw his shit in the bucket. And I set that shit on fire. Then I, I still just wasn't satisfied. 
So I went in Keita's car. When I come back in the house, he's trying to put out my fire that I set, which then pissed me off more because I did not want that fire out. I'm trying to burn your shit. Your shit's going to burn. It yeah. say it's going to burn. Right. This was after you guys got married? Oh, yeah. This was after we got married. This was like two or three weeks after we got married. Oh, wow. Talk about a honeymoon. Mm. Well, I told him I didn't want a honeymoon. I wanted a house. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. It's I mean. March shit. Right. Yes. Um, and so, so I light his shit back on fire because he mm. tried to put it out. Mm. Now, but now this time, his father is out of the room. What the fuck's happening? The kids are like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, Everything no. is out now. Yeah. The kids we protected from. Right, I right. That. right. Um, no one got sleep that night. Mm. Um, call into work. You're not fucking going into work. I then used my anger as fuel in my drive. And I said, you know what, Christine? You might not love him right now, but you need to prove to yourself that you are not a runner. Yeah. And that you can stick it out. So, actually, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks before, maybe days before this happened, a good friend of mine got her realtor's license. And the only asset he had was the house. Mm. And I was like, bitch, we're selling this house. She was like, oh, what does he think? He doesn't really have a choice. We're selling the house. for him, yeah. Um, my house almost went into foreclosure. I almost lost both of the cars. Um, we were literally so close to being homeless. That's how bad it was. That's deep. And I know maybe the listeners like, how did you not know? Because I was very strict on, we do not mix finances. So you kept your finances separate? Mm-hmm. My money was my you money, his, his money. Yeah. You handled yours. Right. Do you think that that obviously impacted or was the reason why you, you didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And he, like, I made pennies compared to what he made. Mm-hmm. So my money was for the household and the kids. Yeah. So I paid for daycare. I paid for trips. Like, my money wasn't for Big bills. bills. Yeah. That's what his money went to. But I, you know, I'll get the groceries. I'll get gas. I'm going to make sure baby girl gets to daycare. Tyler's going to school. I got school clothes, uniforms, whatever it was. That was what my job was. And that's something that we agreed on. Every household is different. Some people do it 50-50. But I didn't make nearly, like maybe a fourth of what he makes. Right? And so I was like, "Mm -mm, nope. We're selling the house. And then he had, I don't know, this is one of those words in Spanish that doesn't sound right. Berinches, which is like tantrum. Uh, but a berinche is like the ones that are like over-exaggerating. Mm-hmm. You're like, get the fuck off the floor. Like, mm-hmm. we heard you and we get you. I don't know why we have to paint the house. I don't know why you have to do this so we can sell this house. Like He was dragging his feet. But you keep your fucking mouth closed because I'm trying to save the family because you let us all down. Like, shut the fuck up. If I say fucking paint the fucking sky, you're going to do that shit. Like, you don't get to say nothing. Yeah. You're done. And I'm not here because I love you. I'm here to prove something to myself. So everything I did that summer was to prove to me that I could stay and that I could get myself out of a hard situation instead of running. Because how easy would it have been? My name wasn't on shit. Mm. My name wasn't on the house. So if you lost yeah. it, it was on him. You could have bounced. My, easily. And had no nothing to look back at. Take my kids. I'm out. Bye. Going to my mama's. Don't need a you for anything. 
get the house sold. We move into the house that we are now in. Mm-hmm. Um, that money paid for almost everything except for a couple of personal loans okay. that he took from friends and family. So we get that paid off. Well, at this point, I meet my... And we talked about my loneliness. I'm in McKinney. have zero friends. Yeah. I don't know anybody in the area. I'm trying to reach out, but my son doesn't go to the schools over here. So even it's if he made a friend. Right. I, and I, I'm, I'm at home all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I found uh, someone tagged me on someone's request for looking for a business coach in trade for services. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I found my business coach. Um, she's actually going to be on the podcast. I, I recorded with her today, actually. Um, so I remember sending over her all my information, telling her things are getting a lot better between our relationship, but I'm still, like, angry. Like, don't fucking look at me wrong or you're going to find it. Like, I'm not here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm still here for myself at this point. Um, I send her all over my information. We do a FaceTime call, Zoom call, whatever you want to call it. And she, I was like, I would really like to work with you. And she said, me too. And we kicked it off. It was amazing. Um, she was like, okay, let's set up a time to meet. We end up meeting. And she gives me my my um, financials for the year mm-hmm. for my business. Like what I've made. costs you? Oh, okay, okay. And... Um, I made the most money I've ever made in a year. <laughs> but That's awesome. I had nothing to show for it. Mm. That hurts. Everything that I had worked for, I put into that house and moving mm-hmm. and cleaning up his shit. And I'm living consequences that I didn't do. And I got your daddy in my house. I got two kids and I feel stuck. And yet I made the most money I've ever made. And I have nothing to show for it. Me I don't have a savings account. Hmm. I, I, nothing. Nothing to show for it. And she's like, you're on par to hit your goal or maybe even do better. And I literally face to face, like we're sitting now, I just break down. And she's like, okay, I'm going to send you to this boot camp. And it's a life enrichment boot camp. She didn't tell me what it was about. She said, just go. She's like, um, it's Wednesday through Saturday in the evenings, Saturday all day. Can you do that? Well, I looked at my schedule. It just so happened to be that week. I had no one in the evenings. And I had Friday and Saturday off. So I didn't even have to get or move appointments. Yeah. And my clients know I do not move fucking appointments unless it's serious. Right. And so I... I was like, yes, I didn't know what I was saying yes to. I just knew that I needed help. I knew that I needed anything. She said, I'm going to sponsor you. I'm going to let you go for free. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, how much is it? Because I have no money. Like, all my money is literally from the move or paying off his debts. And I'm like, I want to do it. Like, if I can get better, I want to do it. And I end up going, and after the first night, I was a whole changed person after the first night, even to the fact that Brandon was like, whoa. And I got healing that I didn't know that I needed. All the trauma that I've been talking about this whole time got addressed. I had to forgive myself. I had to learn to forgive him. And to this day, I still have problems with people saying 
I'm sorry instead of asking for forgiveness. Why? Because I'm sorry is for you. Asking forgiveness is because you're sorry and you need me to feel better. When you say, oh, I'm sorry, is because you don't want to feel bad that you hurt someone. But when you ask for forgiveness, it has nothing to do with you. You're trying to release that person from pain. So now how many times he said he was sorry, no matter how many times he said this and the other, he never fucking asked for forgiveness. And I still had to forgive him for not asking for forgiveness. forgiveness. And so I got through all that and it softened my heart. And I said, if you want this relationship to work, then we're going to have to go back again and do the marriage part. So you do the marriage in the, in the morning and it's from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So you do the marriage and then in the afternoon you work on yourself. Okay. So it, like, I didn't see him really in the afternoon. We might walked in together, but we were in totally two different small groups. And it was just a whole different thing. During the day, it was all about our relationship and finding that connection in our relationship that we had lost. So he said, yes. He said, after the first night, I saw what I did for you. I'm going to do it for myself. And I want to do it together because we do need something. So you went by yourself the first time? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my coach sponsored us again where we could pay half you get 50% off for couples. And so we we went together. And I told him, I said, this is the date. You need to get off of work. And so we just went this past January. Mm. And um, we both got healing for our relationship. And he understood why. And there's something that they say about um, forgiveness. Is that you don't just forgive that person one time. You continue to forgive them with the consequences of that pain because you relive it and it resurfaces and it comes up right it's kind of like my ocd yeah every time i catch myself doing something in twos in the bathroom i have to forgive again Mm -hmm. so everything was good COVID hit bam but i had been saving right i now i'm smart i'm saving now I'm not going through that again. I'm starting to build up. Our financial situation's getting better. Our relationship is better. Now I'm not staying because I'm proving something. I'm saving because I want to, and I'm staying because I love him. And I want this for our relationship. I want this to be better. I want this to be everything that we both dreamed of in our relationship. COVID hits, I stopped working. So I, I stopped the saving. Because I'm not working to help build with, your savings. Right. Yeah. Um, almost a year to the day. Get a phone call at his job saying you didn't pay this debt that you have mm-hmm. that he thought was enrolled in the debt, the debt um, relief mm-hmm. from all his credit cards. And they call his job and tell one of the managers up there all his fucking shit. Are they allowed to do that? No. So he calls me, tells me what's happening. I got to go to work. This is fucking happening. We need to get this done. He talks to the guy that called. And it was uh, $1,700 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a cash now place. I guess it didn't get lumped in. And so they decided that they were going to call around. Mm. Um, I, I want to believe him. And say that he didn't know. I want to. Um, and so he calls me. He tells me it's a 1700 The amount that I had in my bank account 
for our savings was $17.50. I had to realize that because I he kept saying I'm fucking sorry. And I every time he said I'm sorry, in my head I said I forgive him. Mm. And he's like, I'm sorry, Mama. And I'm like, I forgive him. And it wasn't for what was happening at that moment. I was saying I forgive him for saying I'm sorry and never asking me for forgiveness. And I know it sounds so weird, but once you go through that boot camp and you go through the therapy and you hear the words and how they change it your mentality, it makes a difference. Yeah, I can understand it. And especially with something this big. And I'm like, this was my security for my family and you're taking it again. And it was almost to the year, like, like days. And I thought we were so much better in our relationship. I thought mm. our financial situation, like if you really think about how much debt it was compared to how much we had saved, how much we had like $1,700 saved during COVID mm-hmm. and we had cash saved and we had all of the debt paid off except for two people, which was his parents you know, like all the other stuff was paid off. We're in the, you know, we have a program. I have my money mommy group, right? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. made my sign. I have all this taken care of. And here, another fucking consequence that I did not cause, I'm having and to live with. Paying for, yeah, literally paying for. Right. And I knew that at that moment, I'm going to kill him when he comes into the house. With words, not figuratively, because I learned. <laughs> Let me say this. This is funny. I had a really good therapist at the time. I see her once in a while, but she said, he's already seen you're crazy when you burned his shit. He already seen you're crazy when you keyed his car. You don't need to show him that anymore. He knows that you can get there. And for some reason, when she said that to me, I was like, oh, okay. Makes sense. So why do I need to do that anymore? I don't need to do that. She gave me a piece of paper with all these words on it to help me use my words, um, visualize. You can literally cuss somebody out without ever saying a cuss word. You can literally threaten someone without threatening them. And because I, I, and you know, people say I see red and Mm -hmm. no, I didn't see red. I was thinking very clearly that would have been premeditated murder. like (laughs) 25 to life, bitch. Like that, like that's how clearly I was. But I was like, okay, I, when he comes in, I'm going to give it to him. And then, because of boot camp and using my tools, I had to slow my thought process down. And then I had to put myself in his shoes. Oh, was that hard? I didn't realize how much pain he would be in. Because I thought about how much pain I would have been in. Been in if I was in his situation. Think about having someone call your job and tell your business like that. Especially as a man. Right. Yeah. Like, that's devastating enough. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even happening right then and there. So now then he's probably thinking, what do they think about me? Yeah. Right? And he's probably thinking this and the other. And then I had to think, how would he have handled this last year? He wouldn't have fucking told me shit. He wouldn't have called you. He no. wouldn't have said, Mm-mm. i got to go up there and handle this. Right. It would have all been. I would have never even known. Yeah. So that's different. 
he's probably dealing with this so terribly emotionally because they did this to him over here and over here. Mm. And then it's like, so is my words really even the worst of this? Probably because I'm someone he loves. Yeah. But it's not going to change it. As in the 1700, we got, you know, we're back at 500 now. Building up. <laughs> right, right, right. Building it back up. But I, I really had to step back and look. Um, and this was right before I decided to start doing the podcast. Mm. And I went to the Rachel Hollis conference that was online during COVID, right? <laughs> and um, it was courage. It was the theme. Um. And I knew I had to have courage for myself. And that my courage, I could probably give to someone else. Mm-hmm. And if I have courage to tell my story, there might be a mom going through COVID or her husband doing something or her past bringing up and she didn't know what to do. And I could tell my story. Maybe she will have the courage to tell her story. And and here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And Heidi, my coach, she kept telling me, Christine, you can do these things. You got this. And in that conference, they talked about four different parts of your life. The victim. The story is never about the victim. Mm. At the end of the story, we never know what happens to the victim. You save the girl or you save this or you save that and they're saved. It's over. Yeah. They're either another victim or, you know, you have the sequel. Yeah. The villain. The villain wants everybody else to feel pain because they're in pain. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. Then you have the hero, which the hero has his, normally has the exact same pain as the villain. But they choose to save the victim. Hmm. With their pain. And then you have the guide. Where is where the hero goes to learn how to be a hero. And throughout our life, we have these four characters that we pay. I was a victim before. Yeah. I had been a villain. I was a hero to my victim and to other people in my life. But I had to be my own guide. And they say, like, your guide is the person, and I read the book, whatever. The guide normally comes with age or experience. And I had enough experience being hurt. I had enough experience of holding my emotions in that I could guide someone out of that. And I had to find that in myself, and I had to think, why not me? Why don't I have courage for myself to do this for me? Hmm. And so... Drunk Christine at 2 a.m. decides. <laughs> Liquid courage. <right? laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do a fucking podcast. I'm going to get some badass women on here. And if it wasn't for my old neighborhood, I wouldn't know any badass women. And. Paloma Creek stand up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love them so much. And. I think that's why that loneliness really does sit in. Yeah. And um, 
I tech call Sharisa. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Bitch, how did I not know you had a podcast? Well, it literally just happened the moment I called you. <laughs> you know, she's in a different time zone, so it wasn't as late there. Uh-huh. Um, I then call Heidi, which is my business coach, and I said, I know it's late. Can I call you tomorrow morning? I need to talk to you. And mm-hmm. she's like, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's great. And, I mean, I'm slosh drunk. Like, I'm I'm that stumbly lay on the couch and stare into the fire drunk. The room spinning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, maybe not that close. Okay. I'm still, co- I'm like, I'm still texting words. I got you. Yeah, but I'm, like, zoning out. And I was like, well, how do I do a fucking podcast? Because now I already got, to, uh, I already got a guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit's moving uh, quick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shit's moving real quick. Yes. And so... I talked to Heidi the next morning. Oh, I that's when I came up with the name. Yeah. Because I was going to do questions where I just felt like, okay, we got to find common ground. And that's the problem right now is because I learned that common ground in boot camp is what changes everything. And that we're all worthy of finding, pro- co- uh, you know, common ground. And I was like, well, I don't really want to talk to men because I already have issues with them. Mm. And that I'm still working on. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, women, women need this. And I see Rachel Hollis's stuff. I see all these podcasts. I'm a podcaster. I love reading books, but they do not speak to me as a person. I don't see myself in media because of it. And, and I was like, okay, well, I'll do 20 questions with Christine. That was going to be the name of the podcast. Then I looked on YouTube and they were like, you should probably search that. Hmm. And I was like, okay, 20 questions podcast and I got a flood of information there's so many podcasts that are like either have the word 20 or questions in it and it's all about just asking fucking questions so I was like okay well that's not gonna do it and I'm like well when I say that I have a friend and I want this to be my friends that's what I wanted you know and not necessarily my friends like I know them but just friends Mm -hmm. and when you meet a badass girl and you know that they are doing something. Like, say, if I know you're getting in pot, um, a pure romance. Mm. And I'm like, you got to meet her. Right? That makes sense. Every woman knows what that means. Yes. It resonates. Right. Yeah. And then when you say that about one of your friends, if I said, hey, you, this is Jenny. You got to meet her. That's all I got to say. Yeah. You know exactly that this is going to be a badass bitch because I would never introduce you like that. If I did, I'd be like, oh, this is Janice. She also does pure romance. That means I really don't know what the fuck she does, but she says she does pure romance and I think that's what you're doing. So you guys will probably get together. That's what that means. But if I say you got to meet her, it's like, oh, shit. She's got some shit. Christine knows what's up. Mm -hmm. If you introduce me to that to somebody, it's a whole different dynamic. It is. But it's a sentence or a saying that every woman understands. And that was the thing. So mm-hmm. when I invite people on here, I've only been told once, no. I've only been flaked on once. Mm. That is okay. That's not bad. No. Yeah. I'm almost at 20 women now. Wow. Um, always accepting more ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I never say no to anyone. Okay. I don't care. I don't care if. They are still on drugs. I don't care what they're doing. I will never say no to a guest. Um, But I designed the questions as an outline and not questions. Because like, there's a couple of people 
I don't even look at the outline the whole time. I sent it to them, yeah. but we don't talk about anything that happened on there because we got on a roll and it's mm-hmm. a story that I know that will help that has nothing to do with their sexuality, that has nothing to do if they're a Republican. But I saw so much anger that those questions or that outline needed to be on there. Yeah. It's a guide, like you said. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just guidelines. These questions might come up. Let me know if you're wanting to talk about it. I always tell them, I will never leave you hanging in a podcast. I'm never going to just sit there and you're like, uh, 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 I don't know what to say. And then I just sit there and stare at you until you answer. I will never leave you hanging because the biggest thing is you being comfortable because you are going to change lives. Yeah. We are going to change lives. It's a vulnerable moment too. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to be there for you. If you come back and say, I really don't want to talk about that, we don't talk about it. If it's, I'm done with that question, you know, did you get raped? Yes. And then what happened? I'm done with that question. Done. Move on. Two weeks later, I really want that edited out. We'll edit it out. My integrity to those women that are willing to have that courage is more important than anything for me. I don't give a fuck about the listener. And I know that sounds bad. I love you guys. You know I do. But. The women given that courage to give their testimony on what they're doing with their lives is so important because none of us would be here if it wasn't for it. And that's that's the the story, the birth story mm-hmm. of it. Um, but I ask certain questions. I always ask race and ethnicity and the culture that they broke up, they grew up in, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy. Almost, almost. I would say probably now, I want to do the math on this. It's probably like 85, 87%. Oh, yeah, I grew up black, but I actually identify as blank. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I grew up this, but culturally, my mom was raising me in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I actually am more into the Japanese culture. Oh. It's not so black and white. Right. Yeah. So now we debunk that. Yeah. Right? So now we have common ground. Oh, well, she might be a different color, but I'm also Japanese and I grew up in Japan, right? And, or, oh, I thought all Republicans were religious. Mm. But now you have a Republican that is spiritual, you know? Like, whoa. Yeah. Now, now, it's not, I'm not trying to throw someone off with that question because I want the listener to hate them. It's because that's a question that, I don't ask it. That's why it's on part of the Spitfire questions, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, you can answer this with a yes or no. You can pick one. It's done. It's not an open-ended question. But if they choose it to be, it can be. Sexual orientation. I ask you, are you heterosexual? I just say your sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever. You can be like, yeah, strictly dickly. Great. Moving on. Plastic surgery. Guac, guac or queso is my Texas question. <laughs> But it's, it says a lot because yeah. it's a very Texas question. It's a thing that we need to know. It is. <laughs> I need to know. If I go eat with you, what are we getting? Like, Am I, I going to be embarrassed to... by you? Yes. Or... <laughs> I need to know. Yeah. And so, you, you know, um, a taker or a giver in the bedroom. You know, I'm for me, I've had sexual trauma. Yeah. But I'm still a taker. Right? And I feel safe when Brandon is giving to me, Hmm. even throughout my trauma. So that might help somebody else. You know, you never know what what subject someone's going to need. 
That will reach and touch right. others. Yeah. Or the fact that they believe something about someone and it's not true. Hmm. In what way? Um, <sighs> I'm trying to think. Let me, <laughs> let me see. Um, age. Um, they automatically think that their age, they're going to say certain things. Makes sense, yeah. Or they're going to have a certain viewpoint. Yeah. Right? you get boxed into right. certain categories and what you're expected to, to say believe. and believe. Right. And, yeah. Or um, stereotype viewed in media versus real life. I like that question a lot. Like, to me, stereotype, I'm a black girl with a white dude, stereotype of or what is viewed in media is either he's super black acting mm-hmm. and or. I just like him because he acts black and he has a chain or whatever and a grill. What the fuck that is? Like, yo, it's 2020. Get over it. <laughs> or, like, I have blonde hair now and so he's only with me because I act white. Mm-hmm. It's not because we're two individuals that just so happen to see each other's soul. Not each other's color. Right. That is what media portrays about an interracial black and white couple. Let me change that up. Um, What is it? How to Get Away with Murder was, I would say, was probably the first show that neither one of them, Viola Davis and then her husband was white in that movie, in that show. Neither one of them acted out of, like, super characters. She wore wigs and all that other stuff, but he wasn't, like, super ghetto, but she wasn't acting, like, super uppity or white or whatever you want to say that was a stereotype of an interracial couple. Yeah. And so that was was the first time I really saw it in media or where I saw myself into it. Of course, I'm not a lawyer, but it had murder involved, (laughs) and so, of course, I was going to watch it. Of course. Y'all know Christine like that stuff. <laughs> I know. You know she I'm like, like murder. Love. <laughs> I'm watching it. You know? Um, but it, it like, you know, that was something. And then um what was it? There was another one. Why women kill. <laughs> but that's a there's an interracial couple in that. And neither one of them, and he actually is a writer and she is a big time lawyer, but they don't act stereotype. And so like then I started seeing in that and that contents of the relationship and I'm happy to see that yeah um but a lot of times I think people think that you have to see yourself and I do think representation is very important but as women I think they put that on us like how are you going to identify with a white blonde woman and I'm like Elle Woods is me (laughs) like She's a Gemini as well. Mm. <laughs> I want a I want a vegetarian Chihuahua named Bruiser. You know, like, but she was told you're too dumb to do something, right? In the movie, she's told you're too dumb. Yeah, you're never gonna get into law school. She does it, kills it, and bring you know, and like that was what I was doing. I was told I wasn't smart enough for stuff. I was told that I wasn't good enough for being a black person. It might not have been. The same context, obviously, but I saw a lot of stuff in my myself in her, and it was a teeny boppy movie. But I was a teeny boppy when I saw it. Oh, and you're I talking s- about Legally Blonde? Yeah. Oh, that movie. <laughs> Elle Woods. What did you think I was talking about? Like a real person? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 
So you know you what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't the person. It wasn't the the outer person you you identified with. It was the personality. It was the character. Right. It was all of that. Right. Yeah. Which is I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And there and then you have um bad moms comes out. Mm-hmm. And then you have working moms that comes out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the good girls that come out, which they're not really good. They're actually I mean they are good, but they're doing a lot of bad things. A lot of bad and things. I identified with all three of those women, and one's short and ha- a hot mess. One is super put together on the PTA, but she's like the head honcho. Mm-hmm. One's black and has two kids. Like you know, she's a bigger lady. I don't necessarily identify as bigger. Um, I have been big, but I- I'm just saying like I just don't identify with that part of her. Yeah. But there were so many struggles that she was going through in the show that I did identify with. So when I asked the question on Facebook and I posted it and I was like, do you see yourself in media? And how many people said no and for what reasons? Well, then let's put your ass in media. Mm. Let's get you on. You got to meet her. <laughs> you know, like, let, let's do it. That was a setup. Right. <laughs> but a because, good one. A good one. Yeah. Because I didn't know if it was like, drunk Christine at 2 a.m. Didn't know if I was just literally hallucinating and was like, yo, conspiracy theory no mm. one sees themselves in media you know mm-hmm. like or is this like something i like is this something that other people are feeling yeah and i i felt like it was a story that needed to be told and that we were all worthy of telling that story that makes sense um it's it's everything that we want to talk about and it's so funny the different answers i get to each one and plastic surgery is always the funniest one to me because I'm so for it. Yeah. Um, I don't have, like, I, I would definitely get my boobs done, but the they said two surgeries, and I was like, ow. Mm-mm. You know? <laughs> oh, like, yo. No. no. And then I found out what it looks like when you do your boobs in two, mm-hmm. in one surgery, and I was like, no, I still have young ones. I'm going to wait. Yeah. Um, But, like, just, it, I mean, it, you know, the morals versus care characteristics. I have friendships that I've had to let go because of characteristics. I've had friendships that I've had to let go because of morals. I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But at the same time, you cannot grow your friends okay. because of your morals or your characteristics. It, it's each one, a body type and weight is something that we all deal with. Absolutely. It's, you know, some of us don't have the problem of this, that, and the other, but it's been something that we might have dealt with or see other women to deal with, and you can relate. And it's just all the different answers that you could possibly get to this. And that paper has not changed. <laughs> I literally just took a couple of pictures. I saved it into my phone in a special little box. When I have someone that's coming on, I just send them both of those pictures. These are things that might come up. Talk about them if you want. Talk about them if you don't want to. Yeah. And that's as far as it goes. Wherever this takes us is where we're going to go. And I want to keep it raw. I want to. I want to. Now, my editing and the computer stuff. Figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that I call it stumbling forward. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm stumbling forward. Because yeah, you're only going to get better. Right. Yeah. But my coach calls it organic. And I like that better. <laughs> You're organically figuring uh-huh. this out. She called that about my business. You know, I have I have a whole nother full-time job. Mm-hmm. But 
that was done organic, which I also called stumbling forward. And I had support for that. I have support for this. And I can't be more grateful. Yeah. You know, I don't make m- I've made 85 cents. That's Girl, literally money in balance. the bank. Money in the bank. <laughs> you know, like I'm not making money from that. I'm actually working with someone right now to get merchandise. Oh. And I want women to say, I'm wearing this shirt because I believe in the message. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the last question, is there anything you want to say that we haven't covered yet? Some people say, nope, I think I got it all out. (laughs) Some people are like, I just want you to know this. Yeah. And for me, my, what I want the listener to really, really know is that you're a woman before anything else. If you put mom before that, you're not going to win. If you put wife before that, you're not going to win. But if you're listening to this podcast, lift up. That It's just that simple. Lift up. That's what this is doing. The women that are on this podcast are lifting up. The women that are listening to it are lifting themselves up. And if you think, well, this is a man's world and we're super feminist. Let me tell you something. Women are running this shit. Like, all of it. Mm-hmm. They might not have let us in the boardrooms. They might not have let us drive. They, but guess who they're advertising to? All Women. Yeah. Oh, they really advertise that for kids. Not if mama says no. Men's body wash. They put a hot guy on there. So their wives want to know, oh, that's what he smells like. And if you think, oh, he's a single guy. No, he's just still using the same soap that his mother bought him. Right? Also advertising to a mom. A mom. A woman. Like, and I'm not saying this to be super feminist, like down with the men. But what I'm saying is, is don't put yourself down because you are a woman. And realize your power that you do have. That comes first. Right. Yeah. You come first. Right. Because, I mean, like literally, you can sit there and sit now and we're going to talk about how we're going to advertise to your sex, but you're not good enough. To say what we're going to advertise to you about. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but guess what now? Bitches are making money. A lot of money. <laughs> like, Hell of a lot of money. Right. And we control it. Yeah. Raise yourself up. Realize that you are here. And I'm going to say this and it's going to hurt. If you are in a situation where you are in a friend group that is not raising you up. It's time to get out. Thank you. Get the fuck out. Right. If they're not, and and it doesn't even have to be in all aspects of your life. It can be literally one aspect that you put your heart and your soul on. You're like, I really want to be a better biker. Or I really want to be a better painter. And all your friends are like, painting is dumb. Or, oh, that's nice. But they're not sending you information. They're not feeding you that support. They're not giving you that stuff. Walk away. Mm -hmm. You will die by living by other people's standards. And that's what this whole fucking thing is about. Mm. Like, that's all it's about is that you are a woman, you can rise up, and you don't have to do it alone. Your story is unique, but you have the courage to tell other people about it. <laughs> I can get off my box now. <laughs> Girl, you don't have to climb down. Climb, you can step down. I, it's just, you listen to those traumas. Yeah. 
And some people are like, nope, I don't have any trauma, but let me tell you about my workforce. Yeah. And here we are. And I'm super excited to be here. And there's nothing else that I would be rather doing. And I also have to realize my limitations. There's a reason why they say it's lonely at the top. They say send the elevator down, throw the rope back. Well, you know what? I'm going to untwine the rope and I'm going to try to send as many of them out as I can. So all y'all can get up. Yes, there. yes. Yeah. I'm going to get in the elevator and hit all the buttons to make sure I hit all the floors so that it sends everybody up. Yeah. And we're all going to be here. There's no competition. There's one of my one of my guests come in and she says there's no reason for all of us not to be queens. Absolutely. No. And if you think that that means, oh, then you can be bitchy, no, that's not what that means. That means that you can rule your own fucking life and you don't have to compare it to others in order for you to get there. But you can sit there and ask for a hand and Mm -hmm. I can give you a hand up. I think I'm done. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. All right, so you know me. You got to meet me. I hope I didn't lose you. I hope you understand a little bit about me and everything that I've gone through over the years. I want to thank Erica once again for being so willing to do this with me um, and coming over and recording and asking the right questions, good questions, and her input, and the amazing conversation, her being interested in my story (laughs) at all. I hope that this touches some women. I hope that other women might make you think again about judging others. Um, And here I am. You now know my story. You know who who I am and why I am the way I am. (laughs) Um, The courage that it took for me to do this, I want, again, I know I said it on episode one, I want to thank you again and again and again, the ones that have already recorded, the ones that do want to record. Thank you for your courage because I didn't realize how hard the telling your story could be um, on a public forum until I had to do it. That's why I made these bonus episodes because I did not want to take away from the women that have already uh, shared their story. If you want to see more of me, I will also be posting my picture and some of my past on the Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her Podcast, where we can have conversation and talk there. If you know someone that wants to be on the podcast or if you want to be on the podcast, please let me know and we can connect and we'll schedule you some time and we will get you on here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) The gratitude that I am giving, I hope it resonates and that you understand that We're not all from the same place. We might not all go to the same thing, but we all are worthy of telling our story. I will see you on the next one.